Senators, Senators, I understand you do not want another emperor, but it seems you have been given one. I sympathize with you. I do not want to be an emperor, but it seems I have been chosen one. Perhaps you would take a little moment to sympathize with me. <laughs> Love, him. Love him. We're back, baby. Like chlamydia. No. Anyway, so <laughs> and the coronavirus. <laughs> Corona saying I never went away, but chlamydia does go. Yeah. Anyway, it's, I've seen it on videos. Yeah. Now the show is called Claudius, Cla- not chlamydia. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Wrong notes. Hold on. Claudius. Okay, I'm back. Mm. I'm back. Mm. Mm. Just like chlamydia. <laughs> oh, no, we're in a loop. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, yes. boys and girls. Uh, Derek Jacoby, by the way, who obviously uh, starred as uh, Claudius in the famous series, mm-hmm. uh, is still alive. Yes. He is uh, minus 1938. I don't want to have to do the math at this hour of the morning in my it's head. Too much. I'll have to f- 40, 60, 78, 80. He'd be 82. Nice. Um, not too bad. Love not too voice. old. We should get him in. We should get him on we the show. Should. We should. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Um, season, what is this? One, two, five. Wow. Season five. I'm impressed. Of the uh, Ray and Cam uh, Julio Claudian series. We haven't killed each other yet <laughs> um, in a lover's tiff. Um <laughs> Mostly because we're too far apart right. for our guns to reach. Yeah. We've tried. Uh, Tiberius, just not. Tiberius Claudius Nero was born on the 1st of August, 10 BCE, Ray. Yeah. Nearly 2,029 years ago to the day. Not bad. We should definitely get him on too. S- That's probably not your point. 741,058 days ago. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I wish we knew more. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> That's how old I feel right now. Because of your lack of sleep. And because we've been doing this show <laughs> since forever. <laughs> I think this is our 741,000th show yes. that we've but in, done. In a good way. I got to <laughs> tell you, I didn't get to sleep until four o'clock in the morning uh, last night. And the reason, one of the reasons is uh, I was reading The Arabian Nights. Right. And, you know, the, the premise of the Arabian Nights has nothing to do with Claudius, but the premise of the Arabian Nights is uh, King uh, Shara is, uh, you know, he was betrayed by his wife sure. and he's, he's now just fucking women every night and then marrying them, fucking them, and then having them beheaded the next day. And Shahrazad, uh, the daughter of his vizier, basically starts telling him stories after, you know, they get married so he can't kill her because he wants to hear the end of the story and she drags it out and drags it out and drags it out. And I was like, somebody who drags out a story as long as possible so they don't get killed... Fuck me, that sounds familiar. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I decided you and I are Scheherazade. Right. And uh, our podcast is The Arabian Nights, but 
set in ancient Rome. People are going, come on, get on with it. No, we won't. He was born uh, on the 20th anniversary of the day Octavian defeated Mark Antony and captured Alexandria, forcing forcing, uh, Antony and Cleopatra to do this. Galloping cockwomble. <laughs> That's all I have to say. To that I, just, I just have to say, performance. He should either get an award for that scene or never be allowed to act again. I'm not sure which. I can go either way, but just pick a side. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but I love the actor. He uh, he uh, turned up in um, something I was watching. Recently, and I just couldn't take him seriously. Yeah, uh, I just that. kept seeing that death scene, yeah. and I was like, nah, come on. Yeah, yeah. Give James Purefoy. Yeah. Cool name. What did, what did I see him in recently? Maybe it was uh, Churchill? I don't know. Anyway. Couldn't couldn't take him seriously. Yeah. I kept just going. Oh, <laughs> just give us a groan, Mark. Give us a groan. groan for me, baby. God, how many times have I heard yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. So that's mm. that's auspicious. Yes, to be born on that day. I mean, he should be thinking. They should have. They should have known. Yeah, good thing. They should have known when that happened. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Love a good sign, the, the Romans. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course. His father was Drusus, the youngest son of Livia, wife of Augustus, and her first husband, Tiberius Claudius Nero, the elder. Mm -hmm. Or was he? Are you saying there were rumors rife in Rome? There were rumors rife in Rome. Thank you for the alliteration, Ray. (laughs) Ray says rumors rife in Rome. There's a headline for tomorrow's <laughs> Daily Mail. Uh, Rumours rife and Rome, <laughs> Ray. She was, of course, pregnant with Drusus when Augustus supposedly met her Hi. and then convinced her to divorce her husband. Right. Um, but according to Suetonius, there was a rumour that they had actually coupled... <gasps> Earlier, and Drusus was Augustus's child. He says that when Drusus was born, three months after Augustus and Livia got married, mm-hmm. there was a popular saying in Rome: "In three months' time, come children to the great." <laughs> now, right. you, you know, you and I have both uh, had sex with lots of married women, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and forced them to leave their husbands or convinced them right. with the power of our sexual <laughs> force. Um, to leave their husbands and, uh, of of course, because we're extremely fertile. Right. We've produced lots of children that way. Um, (laughs) And I know, despite you, uh, well, perhaps because of you being a bubble boy, uh, your children tend to get born very quickly. (laughs) They just get pushed out early. It's not premature for people like me. It's just mature. I mean, we only need three months Mm. to gestate, so it's quite normal. Do you have a string of uh, bubble children that you've uh, 
produced by copulating with uh, married women around the country is the question yeah. that listeners all demand to be answered. Well, if I say yes, it sounds like I'm bragging. So, yes. Yes, I have. Yes, I, yes, I have. <laughs> Tony Coniston uh, recently had to drive down, I don't know if you know this, mm. but in uh, Melbourne... The Melbourne's gone back into lockdown right, here so because they've had a virus spike. And uh, Tony's daughter, Alex, who you know mm-hmm. and love, as I do, mm-hmm. is was down there going to university. Tony had to race down there the other night, pick her up and take her back to Sydney before the borders right. shut down. They were closing the Victorian border. Um, and he said to me, uh, you know, so I've been there. I have to be in a bubble now. <laughs> and I it's said, well, bubble. I think Ray's got one. <laughs> Lying around somewhere, just uh, Tony would need three of my bubbles, but yeah, I could I could uh, ship those over. That's that's no problem. Yeah, yeah. So this whole thing about whether or not Drusus was the love child of Augustus or not actually becomes important later on Ooh. in the story when Claudius takes the throne. All right, but uh, we'll get to that Teaser. later. What else do we know about? The bloodline, do you have any notes there on the bloodline of Claudius just to uh, remind people where he comes from, Ray? Because it's been quite a while since we talked about this on our Tiberius series, uh, which would have been, you know, probably a couple of years ago when we talked about the birth of Claudius. Um, All I remember is that Livia's former husband, Tiberius's father, made a string of really bad choices politically, uh, militarily over his years. And so Olivia certainly stepped up when she she got with Augustus. But I, I just know that it was a very august, if I may, uh, family line. They, they go back to the kings. Um, but I'm afraid I don't have uh, details on the Claudius. Well, who was, whose was, who was Claudius's mother? Uh, that was Antonia. The sister of Augustus? Daughter of? Da- daughter of... I'm trying to remember here. No. Boop, 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 boop. She, wasn't August- she wasn't the sister of Augustus, no. no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Antonia Minor. I, I know that his parents, yeah, were Drusus, Antonia Minor. Who was her parents? And she was the daughter Mark, of... Mark Antony? God. And? Um, and Augustus's sister. I can't. Yes. God, like fucking pulling teeth. God, I'm exhausted. We got there in the end. Everybody take a break. (laughs) Everyone drink. (laughs) Daughter of Ray got something right, drink. And if you do that for the next few hours, you'll probably have two drinks and you'll still be able to drive. So, you know, this is a drink driving friendly game that we're playing. It is. Yes. His mother was Antonia Minor, daughter of Mark Antony and Octavia, Augustus's sister, which means his brother was Germanicus, his sister was Livilla, wife of Drusus, son of Tiberius, and lover of Cianus. Damn. That's one inbred family. Not inbred, but well connected. Just, well, yes. Yeah. Uh, he was born, Claudius, this is, in Gaul while his father was there taking over from Agrippa who died, as we remember, sadly, oh, yes. every day in the year 12 BCE. And and I, for one, 
Like my Agrippa T-shirt. I've got an Agrippa T-shirt. You can get your Agrippa T-shirt up on our uh, store. Yeah, you can. Go to uh, lifeofcaesar.com slash shop or slash store. Get one of our Agrippa T-shirts. I like wearing that around and just seeing who gives me a nod and a wink. like, you know, brothers of Agrippa, um, our Lord and Saviour, man's best friend, knew how to get shit done. Yes. Um, so far, the sum total of people who have given me a nod and a wink uh, about my Agrippa t-shirt yeah. is... One, two, three, four, five, six... None. <laughs> Absolutely none. <clears throat> That's so sad. Even my own family. I wear the t-shirt and I go, Do you, uh, I, the first time I got it, I put it on. I've been wearing it for like half a day. And I said, uh, Chrissy, <laughs> you know who this is on my shirt? She goes... Oh, God, do I, I don't know. Do I have to talk like to you about this? Somebody from yeah. Someone really, fucking ancient Rome. I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> is it a murder mystery? No, fuck off. I'm like, this is a <laughs> this is a gripper, man. And he blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, mm. you know, she's like just, she, she she went to the kitchen, grabbed a carving knife, and she's like slitting it over her wrist. But because <laughs> she's so skinny, <laughs> she has no blood and nothing happened. And, you know. Right. Uh, she's just anyway. showing off. So I have to ask, so if his if his father is this guy who he, uh, Drusus Antiberius, end up kicking ass uh, for Augustus after after Agrippa dies, and his mother is now married to Augustus, that's got to be a pretty good start for Claudius to be related to someone who's on the inside, the inside track. He's a, you know, kind of the right-hand man of Augustus. This has got to be a good start to his life. No, <laughs> terrible start. Everyone hated him, as we'll get into. But, you know, yeah. his grandfather is uh, Mark Antony, Damnatio Memorae, right. uh, like the the villain of the Augustan story, the arch-villain, probably even worse than the guy's who assassinated Julius Caesar. Uh, right. You know, he, he tried to uh, kill Augustus. So, yeah, he's got a little bit of the Augustus, you know, uh, uh, good blood right. in him. Right. But uh, Stigma? not directly, indirectly, unless his father, his father uh, was Augustus's child. Right. Um, remotely related to Augustus, but directly related to Mark Antony, which is not good. No. Now, of course, no. as we as we know famously, and we talked about this back in our Tiberius series and also in the Caligula series, he seems to have been born with or developed in early childhood some kind of physical defect. Right. Or a series of physical defects. We don't know exactly what that was. Maybe he was just a bubble boy and a midget, and people just made fun of him for that. Who, you right. know, couldn't even after he was crying, right? Despite the fact that he had like two months to get ready, <laughs> couldn't couldn't write down any notes about who Claudius's mother was. Uh, right. he, no sympathy. Modern historians tend to suggest he had cerebral palsy. Right. I, I've often wondered if you have cerebral palsy, oh, but um, you know the jury's still out. <laughs> Look, I'm not a doctor, no. but uh, people I talk to tell me um, you might have cerebral palsy, and that hydrochloroquine <laughs> is is what you need to be taking right. to cure yeah. it. Or, or, or the doctors, um, say, doctors say no, but yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I just got a feeling. Well, I, I just got a feeling that it's probably good for you. That and injecting bleach in your lungs right. will probably help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll get on that. 
Um, I'll let you know how it goes. In fact, I'll videotape it and uh, let you know how it goes. <laughs> you know, okay. I'm going to do it. Just end. make sure this time, yeah. when you send me a video. Yeah. The, the uh, you're not injecting something into your dick because uh, that God, everybody's a film critic. me out last time. God. You know how the how the video will end with me going. <laughs> something like that. I don't know. <laughs> he had a group of permanent movement disorders, mm-hmm. and signs and um, symptoms vary for cerebral palsy. They often include things like um, poor coordination, stiff and weak muscles, tremors, can include seizures, problems with thinking or reasoning. And that's about one third of people with CP have problems with thinking or reasoning. But, you know, that doesn't seem to be the case with Claudius, as we'll see as we go on. But that does, that. but the CP... um, uh, diagnosis is the one that you come across most in the modern scholarship when they're looking at the symptoms as presented by the scant sources sure. that we have. But uh, that we yeah, have, yeah. I, I just want to say real quick, and, and I don't want to jump ahead or whatever, but as we know that he, you know, he drags his right foot, the right side of his body generally it tends to be weak. But we know, we don't have to go into this now, that he ends up writing history books. He's a historian to a degree. So to go back to what you were just saying a second ago, it seems that his mental um, abilities were fine. So it's almost like if he could be here today and a doctor examined him today, he would go, yes, yeah, CP, but mild, you know, because obviously you can... Your, your brain works properly. Yes, you stutter or there's something wrong with your voice. There's something wrong with the right side of your body, but, but pretty mild. All, if that was true, it doesn't matter because we're talking about the Romans. We're talking about 2,000 years ago. Where did these people, you know, were you dig, dig, what's the word I'm looking for? Did you have dignity? Did you have a toss? Were you good looking? Did you speak well? Did you look good in a toga? All that stuff's important to these people. Not that they were superficial, but they knew what they liked. And he can say yes to none of those. So the fact that his brain probably worked very well is almost irrelevant because he can't check off any of the other boxes to be a success in Rome. Yeah. The first known public acknowledgement that there was something wrong with him was when he took the toga virilis at age 15 in the year 5 or 6 CE. According to Suetonius, he was taken in a litter to the capital at midnight without the usual escort. They snuck him in, snuck him out. Uh, didn't, Didn't want anyone to see. Right. Uh, in uh, also in 6 CE, when he and his bro Germanicus presented games in honor of their dead father, he was wearing a, a pallium, the sort of rectangular cloak that poor people or Greeks wore mm-hmm. instead of a toga. It was easier to wear while you're doing manual labor and moving around quickly. Toga was way too fancy. Right. Uh, Toga was for the upper classes who didn't have to do shit, uh, like podcasters. I mean, uh, you know, you plebs out there with real jobs would wear a pallium while we, you know, Ray and I lounge around all day in our togas just reading books and shit, right? right? Because we, we, 
we be the upper classes. <laughs> we be. And it's not allowed to get dirty. That's frowned upon. It has to stay virgin white um, all throughout the day. So don't move. That's important. Virgin white. <laughs> I don't know. Really? Pristine, you know, because you pee on it to clean it. I don't know. I was reaching with that one. Yeah. Now, apparently, uh, I, I delved down into this pallium versus toga business. Apparently, in Cicero's day, there had been some debate out, uh, about whether or not it was proper for a Roman aristocrat to be seen wearing anything but a toga. Mm. Um, and it was Augustus who finally passed a law saying the Roman, the Roman elite had to wear the toga as formal wear where, when appearing on business yeah. in the forum. But it was only at Augustus that that was determined as, as law. It's like a, having to wear a tuxedo all the time or a three-piece suit. That's just too much. It's meant for special occasions. Calm the fuck down. You know, like it'd be like in Brisbane, People would be rocking up to the forum in uh, board shorts and thongs, <laughs> right. no shirt, towel around their neck, saying, dude, I'm going to the beach after this. Like, they got an esky full of beer, rocking up to the forum. Like, come on, man, let me, let me, let me give my little bit and then I'm off. Right. Going fishing. They got a fishing rod, got a net. Um, so Augustus was like, no, 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 no. Too much. Motherfucker, you come here, you got to dress up. You gotta dress up. You gotta you gotta look the part. Look the part. Be the part, motherfucker. Right. As uh, want to be Batman, dress like Batman. Oh, who said that? Uh, what's his name? Something Joe. Look the part. Be the part. Prop Joe. Hey yo, what's up, Playboy? How come you wearing that suit, B? For real, it's eighty-five fucking degrees out here, and you trying to be like Pat Riley? Man, look the part. Be the part, motherfucker. Nigga, please, you walking around with a fake fucking clipboard? You can't even read a playbook. <laughs> be for real. Bunch of bitches. <laughs> Bunch of bitches. That's how I end most of my conversations. Uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, but he was, uh, he apparently, uh, Claudius wore the, um, t- the, the pallium on this instance to hide his physical defect. Right. Whatever it was, a shaky arm or a twisted arm or whatever it was. So he had to wear the square pallium. Yeah. Uh, at the games to hide his deformity or defect or whatever it was. But if he was 15 and appearing at the games, yeah. his CP couldn't be that bad. So right. minor CP, I think. Yeah. Maybe with some spasticity. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you look on the bright side, at least he wasn't a bubble boy or a dwarf. <laughs> it can always um, be worse. Or so- both. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, it can always be that's worse. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's what he used to say. Could be worse. Could be a bubble boy. I could be Ray. Nope. Thank, thank all the <laughs> gods for that. Anyway. Yeah, even his mother, Antonia, used to say that. She used to call him a monster and stupid. Oh. But she go, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is not podcast. Could be worse. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You must have some kind of bond with Claudius, though. I mean, you, you know, you've well, both done it tough. I, People have laughed at you your entire lives, including on this show, because of your right. physical well, defects. I, you keep um, pointing it out. I mean, but different. You don't have different to. difference is he was he was smart. Well, uh, I mean, he, and he and he obviously prepared. He wrote forty one books on the history of right. Rome. But see, he's my inspiration. Plus, consider, right, he considered where he started and look where he ended up. Look at me, I'm fucking sitting. Wearing a toga 
kicking it back on a couch or a hammock reading books all day long, that's not bad. Yeah. Not so not much rags and riches, but bubble to really good not bubble life. I don't know. Uh, there's something there, but but he's my hero. <laughs> bubble to bubble to comfortable. <laughs> You're the emperor of your own broom closet. I really where you am. Record podcasts. I really yeah. am. Yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, inspirations, oh, you're <laughs> I saw the trailer last night oh. for the new documentary on um, Danny Trejo called Inmate Number One. Oh God! The story of Danny Trejo. Man, intense. Check that out. Okay. Oh, oh, well, not intense. Inspiring. Like, okay. I don't know if you know much about Danny Trejo, but uh, he was addicted to heroin at twelve. Uh, spent most of his early life in uh, jail. Damn, I did know for, that. Uh, he was, he was, he was. You know, he was a criminal in the sort of Mexican neighborhood part of LA, East LA, and uh, rough, tough guy. Went to prison, was like feared in the prisons, and got out and became a movie star. Fucking, <laughs> it's great. Hollywood baby, Only great story. Yeah, well, and he says in the trailer, like, everything good that's ever happened to me came from helping people, Aww. helping someone. Maybe you yeah. should embrace that. Beautiful story. Come on. <laughs> you hey know I dedicate my life to helping people. Right. Uh, well, look at you. You were, When movie. I found you, Here you we were down in the gutter. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, you had half a pant leg missing. <laughs> Your junk was falling out of it. <laughs> you you were dirty, unshaven, flies buzzing around right. you. I reached down with a hand mm-hmm. and uh, picked you up. Right. Picked you <laughs> Again. Just like Napoleon, I said, I, <laughs> I found Ray lying in the gutter and I picked it up with my sword. Oh, and by sword, I mean my dick. That's what Napoleon <laughs> said about the crown of France. Oh, and, and I can never thank anyway. you Anyway, I can never. I know. that's. I think about it, but. Uh, yeah. So Anyway. Yeah, you keep saying, you want my daughters? Here, take my daughters. So I'm like, ah, look, that's weird. <laughs> it's, it is. Um, it is. Oh, uh, you were mentioning his mother a second ago. You're right. She said he was a, he was a monstrosity of a human being that, that, Nature had begun, but never finished. So thanks a lot, Mom, for the love and the support. So one, it's bad to be in a bubble. Two, it's bad to... F- I'm going to get yeah. that put on a... You should. Put on a coffee mug with a photo of no, you. No, no, so that's wrong. <laughs> My lawyers will be in contact a with mon- yeah. A monstrosity of a human being, one that nature began and never finished, Ray Harris. <laughs> okay. TM, uh, trademark. Anyway, I get 50%. Uh, but... Um, so even his yeah, own mother, his own mother, yeah. couldn't get behind him. Oh. And um, in the year eight, Augustus held some games in the name of Germanicus and Claudius. Germanicus was off in the field fighting at that stage. Claudius wasn't, of course, he was still around, but wasn't allowed to appear at the games being held in his honour. Ooh. That's... That's how bad. How bad yeah. they... Yeah. You know, he, he was. According to Suetonius, he was in a state of pupillage and under a guardian. Now, no, I, like you, I thought that meant he was turning into a butterfly, right. but that's not what pupillage means. Sure. He was a pupil. Okay. Not, not a pupae. Uh, <laughs> although he did kind of become a butterfly later on, so maybe... 
There's some truth it to that. It is an apt. He was under a guardian yeah. of whom he himself makes complaint in a book of his oh, saying that he was a barbarian, his tutor this is, right. and a former chief of muleteers. Oh, God. Uh, basically the, the donkey king. <laughs> right. Uh, put in charge of him for the express purpose of punishing him with all possible severity for any cause Whatever. So we have someone here who is um, maybe uh, CP or something very like it. You would imagine that stress would make it worse. You, you would imagine that tension, lack of sleep, physical abuse, all that stuff would make it worse versus patience, love, understanding, exercise, a lot of sleep, good diet, whatever. They get a mule driver to take care of this kid and to slap him upside the head every time he fucked up. Um not a great start. I hope he does become a butterfly because this is not a great start for Claudius. Yeah. Jesus. And, you know, in our last series, uh, I made a big deal over the fact that Caligula was the first of the emperors who was born into it. Mm-hmm. He was he was uh, a prince of the realm from the day he was born. Right. Um, obviously, in the branch of the family because he's as the son of Germanicus that was uh, on the outs, favoured by Augustus, but on the outs with Tiberius and the people around Tiberius, but born a prince of the realm and treated as such for most of his life, nonetheless, growing up in palaces with the best of everything, etc. Here we have a guy who was also by the, you know, born into the same family by the time uh, he was born, you know, Augustus was uh, obviously this, had been the sole ruler of Rome for 20 years, as I said before, was, he was born to, uh, 20 years after the Battle of Actium. Right. But, um, but uh, had a very different experience <laughs> to like Cinderella. Caligula. Yeah. Yeah. Made to clean in yeah. the kitchen. Or, uh, yeah. Ignored, shunned, abused, d- kept away, ashamed. He brings shame to the it. entire family. Kind of is a Cinderella story, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Although I don't know Cinderella was born into a royal family, was she? It was just like, well, they were sort of upper class. Upper they class. had stuff, well, but the, uh, yeah. You could say there's a parallel, but but yeah, not not that high, but still, yeah. she, dev- she no, definitely... No, I think you're right. Fall. I hadn't thought about yeah. that. I, yeah. I think Cinderella so is probably... Bring. Yeah, <laughs> you don't bring much, but, but what, what you do- bring... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what half Heather an says. inch. You don't bring much, but yeah. when you bring it... Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll tell I notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get this over with. I'll, oh. I'll pre- she goes. I'll I'll, pre- <laughs> I'll pretend it's worth fifty percent. Yeah, you know. Oh, you got to quit eavesdropping. Anyway, where, so where were we with the Cinderella story? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think that's a good a good analogy. So he was he was treated harshly. Yeah. Suetonius says that when standing still or seated, though, Claudius was a figure of dignity. Ooh. And Seneca says that he was well built, no question of a deformity, right. nor any of the gross twisting movements of arms and hands that are sometimes found with cerebral palsy and are due to lesions in the basal ganglia and related brain structures, right. Structures, according to one of the books I read. So, obviously, according to these sources, mm-hmm. now none of these are contemporaries, right. obviously, none of these were there, but... We we assume that they're basing their work on uh, contemporary sources. Yeah. 
He um, he he didn't have anything obviously wrong with right. him when he was sitting or standing. Uh, but Cassius Dio, writing a long time later, does say his head and hands shook slightly. Right. So maybe not much, but uh, it was obviously it was enough for his family to consider him a major embarrassment. Seneca says that he once sent the goddess Fever off to execution with a wave of his limp hand that was strong enough only for that gesture. Oh, my God. That, yeah. Seneca, by the way, yeah. is a dick and hates him, right. so let's not uh, f- too worry too much about what... I've got more yeah. on Seneca's uh, relationship to him later so, on. There is yeah. there is a story that he dragged his right leg, though. As you said, he said sort of weakness on that side, stiffness or spasticity. Yeah, um, may have affected his hand. We don't really know. Yeah, and and if you go by the percentages, if he was right-handed but unable to write with his right hand and maybe forced to write with his left hand, that could have been another trauma in his very young life. And they say that if you force someone to write with their non-dominant hand, that can lead to stuttering. Not that he already didn't have problems with his speech, as far as we could tell. But I, I get the sense that if you spent 30 seconds with this guy, or you walked, he was in an official line, and you just walked by and waved hi, oh, look, there's Augustus, you probably wouldn't notice anything. But the more time you spend with this guy, you would probably see the shaking hand, the shaking head, the dragged right leg, the speech or whatever. And so, yeah, the, the, the family's like, look, we can't have him in a, in a position in public where people are going to see him for a very long time because he'll do something to fuck it up. If he doesn't move, he's okay. If he moves, it's blown. And so they just kept him shunned in for, for many, many years, for most of the time. No, I looked up... I looked up this relationship between being forced to write with a different hand Good. and stammering. Tell me, doctor. <clears throat> Apparently this <laughs> I'm not a gynecologist, but I'll take a look anyway. <laughs> Apparently there is a fair amount of anecdotal evidence for this. If you go to right? stammer stammerer forums, sure. Um, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that people with a stutter or a stammer were forced to write with their non-dominant oh, hand. Right. Um, uh, and and maybe forced to masturbate with their non-dominant <laughs> hand as well, which is always good because it makes it feel like it's someone else's hand. And uh, King George the Sixth is uh, a famous example, apparently. Right. Um, he was he was forced to write with a different. He was left-handed, forced to write with a right hand, yeah. and um, obviously had a stammering problem. Speaking of which, I did take your advice. I put my left hand in some ice, got it numb, mm. Uh, mm-hmm. spanked the, the poodle, and yeah, it did feel like another hand. Uh, mm. So thank you. Mm. I just mm. did the poodle mind. <laughs> no. I oh mean, no, that was a <laughs> that's a different metaphor occasion. Not not yeah. not all the time, yeah. but it is in this instance. Hard to tell with you when it's <laughs> metaphor or minutes. It was over pretty Literal. quick. The poodle didn't mind. Anyway. <laughs> Seneca wrote, he had a cracked and hardly intelligible voice. Oh. It belonged to no land animal, but was the kind of voice a sea creature has, oh. raucous and throaty. Oh. You couldn't even tell what language <laughs> he was speaking. So the fact that he could speak Greek was irrelevant because you couldn't understand him in Latin or Greek or probably Etruscan. Wow. But but then again, Tacitus yeah. agrees with 
Augustus, who apparently said if he had a written speech in front of him, he was perfectly fine. That's right, because Seneca. So again, didn't like I him. don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we should take anything Seneca says <laughs> very seriously. Um, Dio claims that when Claudius used to give speeches in the Senate, he would give them to his quaestor to read. Right. But then again, some scholars say, but those might have just been sort of boring routine announcements that he couldn't be bothered reading. So you just go, here, yeah. read this. Why should I put myself through you that? Know? Here, you do this. Yeah, yeah. I'm busy. I'm playing <laughs> something on my iPhone. Um, you know, I'm studying well, Italian. And I hired you for your voice. So read away. According to Suetonius, when Claudius got emotionally involved in something, right. um, he, he, he sort of had disagreeable traits that would come out, such as an uncontrollable laugh. <laughs> Sounds like uh, the Joker in the recent yes. uh, Joaquin Phoenix film. Right. When he was angry, it was even more unpleasant. He snarled and slobbered and his nose ran. That's sexy. No, but that would truly make you think that someone was mentally disturbed to see all those things. So he probably had to prove himself day in and day out to his family, which had to be annoying as fuck. So it it, it may have been a case where there was something wrong, like lesions on part of his cerebral cortex connected with cerebral palsy, but which really manifested themselves early on in his life, mm-hmm. maybe diminished as he got older and he got control of them. But um, if he got particularly emotional, angry, passionate, right. they tended to manifest themselves more. And, um, you know, the family just decided that um, he couldn't be, a member of the family, of the royal family, couldn't be seen yeah. in public and run that risk. No, look at Eric Trump. Um, Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, I actually keep thinking him, uh, thinking of him as the Rosemary Kennedy right. of this story, <laughs> except they didn't uh, put an ice pick into his brain. Oh. Uh, didn't get an ice pick lobotomy. Right. But uh, they probably would have if they uh, knew, knew about yeah. how to do oh, that. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He'll take two. Do it. Yeah. yeah. I often wonder if... Um, you know your your parents did that to you when you were younger, and uh, well, just didn't tell you about it because that would explain a lot. It would, but see, there's another level to this. You don't know. As my brother, as my mother and father were brother and sister, that would have been a family conversation. The family <laughs> conversations were always tense, and then you throw in and maybe a medical bill. It's just too much for these uh, Virginia people. But you you, you were mentioning no medical bill. You just take they just took you out the back. Well, what you do actually Backyard. the way we do it in South Carolina, Virginia is you just take someone to the back of a horse, you slap the ass of the horse hard, the horse gets angry, it kicks, you put their head in the way, boom, lobotomy. Well, that's, that happened to me. As I've told <laughs> you that. That happened to me when I was a kid in Bundaberg. <laughs> Which explains a lot. And that, and then I got the fractured skull like 10 years later yeah. at the gun range. So, so it's, yeah. It's a, Between your <laughs> ice pick lobotomy and my multiple brain injuries. Why? Somebody, no, wonder, somebody, no wonder no one listens to this show. Somebody, somebody stop us. Oh, my God. But, uh, but I, do find it, <laughs> I do find it interesting. Everything you just said, uh, and we're going to get into this later, but when he becomes emperor, his health generally gets better. I've got to imagine, based on my years of watching shows like General Hospital and Scrubs, that... 
Being the emperor is one of those jobs you could think about 24 hours a day. And I just imagine this guy's distracted in the job. He's absorbed with decisions or whatever. And I think maybe that kind of just took his mind off things. And he probably did have fewer or lesser um, symptoms as he gets older. One, he learns how to deal with it. But two, he's just he doesn't have time to think about it because he's running the country. And I think I think that was probably a good thing for him. Overall, yeah. Look, he he often gets referred to or treated as stupid in uh, you know some of the stories that have come down to us, as I said, even by his own mother, right. and certainly by uh, 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 Caligula, uh, according to some of the stories. But he obviously wasn't. He wrote a forty-three book history. Yeah. Now, when we say a book, as probably a scroll, uh, 43 scroll history of the Julio-Claudians that, of course, unfortunately hasn't survived but was used as a major source by Tacitus. Wow, yeah. And uh, that's not it. He wrote other books as well, which I'll get to later. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he, he was obviously very smart and because he was shunned by the family right. for the first 50 years of his life, he dedicated himself he to becoming an historian, right. an intellectual, and yeah, and he uh, produced a lot of work, and and not just like you know, I, I, you know, I wrote a book. Mm-hmm. Any any idiot <laughs> with multiple brain injuries can write a book. That that means nothing. Right. It could have just been my name <laughs> is Claudius, and uh, once upon a time. There was Julius Caesar. No, Tacitus used it as a source, right? right. His work gets talked about by these historians as being serious. Yes. Um, so he could do serious it. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, seven, in the year 7 CE, when he was 17, 1617, Livy was hired to tutor him in history. Damn. Now, here we're talking about, you know, the guy who wrote probably the most famous history of Rome himself, certainly that has survived. Sure. Uh, Titus Livius wrote, uh, you know, the, the monumental history of Rome that I read uh, in the beginning of my study of Roman history. It was, I think, the first time I went to Rome 15, 16, 15 years ago and and um, made sure I read Livy's history right. of Rome before I got there, so I knew a little bit about what was going on. Absolutely classic work, um, stretches from the the earliest legends of Rome before the founding in 753 BCE through to the reign of Augustus. Damn. So this is one of the great... It's a bit like Alexander the Great being tutored by Aristotle. Sure. This is like one of the great guys. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, and, and, and obviously um, Claudius was a good student. He also was tutored by the philosopher Athenodorus, mm-hmm. the famous philosopher from Tarsus in Turkey, who had also been the teacher of Augustus. Damn, still around. So... This guy had the best, yeah, and this so this guy had the best teachers yeah, too. Money. Had the best teachers and a lot of time to dedicate himself. He didn't have to worry about going off and fighting the Germans, right? Uh, or having sex on pleasure barges. <laughs> he um, or chasing young maidens he, around. He, yeah, he was in a room. With yeah, books, like scrolls. like like a podcaster. <laughs> everything he knew 
he got from books and and he was a better man people for who it. wrote books yeah 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 people would criticize and say no no these, these are legitimate scrolls so so whereas i would have watched the simpsons got high and masturbated every day for years he dedicated himself to this now you can't help but think his family was very happy that he had a a uh, cumbersome, uh, intensive hobby, maybe to keep him busy, because, you know, what the hell are you going to do with Augustus? Uh, excuse me, what, do you, what the hell are you going to do with uh, Claudius or whatever? So they were probably happy with that. But still, tangible, respectable results came from this. And so this guy's brain worked fine, is the point. Yes, but for some reason, he was an embarrassment to his family. And the suggestion is always because he didn't represent them as the embodiment of the sort of perfect Roman stock. But oh, God. The, 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 the hypocrisy in this is that we know Augustus himself was quite weak and ill for most of his life. He yeah. wasn't exactly a, a manly man like the, Agrippa or right, Mark right. Antony or Julius Caesar or you and I. Like he wasn't... <laughs> You know, Augustus wasn't riding around right. on a horse with his dick chest hanging yeah. out and like, <laughs> he wasn't Vladimir Putin. Right. Come on. A man, a man's man. Right. Like Putin. Yeah. Not in the 70s. Or way. Teddy Roosevelt. Right. You know, there were, there were no photos of Augustus riding on a boose, a bull moose <laughs> through, a, through a river. <laughs> like the. Like the fake photograph of Teddy Roosevelt, <laughs> which I choose to believe. Right. It's a matter of faith for me that that right. really did happen. Oh, you, I don't care what the facts you say. You can only hope. No. Right. My Lord and Savior, for Teddy you, Roosevelt. Real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fox, Fox loves playing um, a trivia game on Google Home. Right. You know, a little Google Home device thing. He loves playing the trivia games on it. And I was playing it with him in his bedroom last night before bed, and the question was... Um, Teddy Roosevelt once delivered a speech for 90 minutes after being shot. Yes. True or false? And I, I said true, and Fox was like, no. Fuck off. Dad. <laughs> Bullshit. Let me shoot go, no, you man, and see if you can do it. It's true. You did. Got yeah. shot in the chest. Yeah. And, Actually, it was his uh, penis. It was the up there, was... and it bounced the ball. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. His penis opened up, absorbed the bullet. <laughs> And he spat it out a minute later <laughs> and uh, chewed, it, chewed it up, spat it out. <laughs> and kept and talking. And giving the speech. As I was saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my other Teddy Roosevelt story this week is I saw somebody posted a photo of a shot of the um, Mount Rushmore where it's sort of taken from the angle of, of Lincoln's side-on profile and Teddy Roosevelt's face sort of staring intently at him. Right. And somebody was like, we really need to deal with the sexual tension going on here. <laughs> Just the way Teddy's staring at Lincoln. <laughs> oh, my God. I loved it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Those are two American yeah. guys you're joking about. But that's fine. No, please, crack mm, away. I know. But um, so that's like, uh, yeah, like uh, Augustus wasn't the pinnacle man, man. of, he wasn't some Aryan god. <laughs> he was, uh, he was savvy? a puny weakling. Yeah. He was, he was Bruce Banner mm-hmm. to Agrippa's Hulk. Exactly. You know, he, oh, there's my coffee mug. He, <laughs> yeah. You would, you would have thought that if anyone, uh, you know, would have, would have taken the side of a puny. Yeah. Weakling hey, getting sand kicked I, in his face. I understand. I was there once. Come with me. 
it would be yeah. Augustus. Yeah. But no, no, apparently not. No, he, uh, he didn't have time. I don't, I don't think Augustus was cruel to him, no. but he was. He didn't have time. You know, I mean, Augustus didn't have time. Yeah. But but what do you mean? No, he didn't have time. He's in a running estate. He can't like take this guy under his wing and be patient with him and put up oh. with his spasms. He can fucking. T- By the way, just real quick before you move on, yeah. and, and I get full credit for this. Ninety percent of the profits. It's a coffee mug with Augustus as Bruce Banner, but when you pour something hot into it, it turns into <laughs> Agrippa. Boom! I'm done for the week. Oh. Thank you, everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we need oh, to get the, the staff working on that stat. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the staff. <laughs> By which you mean me, basically. You and Fox um, and... Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Now, his first marriage uh, was celebrated in the year nine or ten. He had been betrothed to Amelia Lepida, right. the daughter of Julia, the younger slut, <laughs> and Paulus. Right, slut lover. She, of course, was. Right. She, of course, uh, was the first great grandchild of Emperor Augustus, Amelia Lepida. Nice. That is. But, unfortunately, Julia, the younger slut, and Paulus were disgraced. We don't exactly know when. We talked about this on the Augustus show. Somewhere between the years 1 and 14 CE, her husband Paulus was executed uh, as a conspirator in a revolt against Augustus, and she was sent into exile. So, of course, you couldn't have Claudius marrying their offspring. Not even Claudius. No. Then uh, he was um, betrothed to Livia Medulina Camilla, the daughter of Furious Camillus. Nice name. Who was a, a one of uh, a protege of uh, Tiberius. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, right, she died Aww. on their wedding day. <laughs> Did her bachelorette party get out of hand? Was she standing at the altar and she just killed over? Do we know? Just died. Well, there are two theories okay. that I have on this. Suetonius says she fell ill and died. Right. Robert Graves suggests she was assassinated as revenge for something her uncle did. Um, Either way. But, Dodged a bullet. Uh, you know, I think she yeah. took... She took one hard look at yeah. uh, Claudius. I can't realize she was going to have yeah. to f- no. fuck that right. that night. And that's not uh, getting anywhere near this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Swallowed something. Uh, mm. Not his. D- mm. Anyway, so she. By the dies, way, right? She dies, but her brother Scribonianus right leads the first revolt against Claudius as oh, emperor. Snap. I think these two events now, are connected. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Personal. I, I see a connection fucking, there. Fucking personal. So, yeah. Let's mm, remember that, yeah. people. Put a note. Make a note. Put a pen. Yeah. I don't know. Make a note. Yeah. Something. Make a coffee mug reminding <laughs> us of that. But the girl he finally married was Plautia Ergulanilla. Oh. Tell me everything you remember about Plautia Ergulanilla. 
Right. Uh, hopefully she was a hottie. Hopefully she had really bad eyesight, so she really couldn't tell what she was getting herself in for. But it doesn't matter because this is Rome. It's all about the men. It's all about the fathers of these brides. And so her father, Platius Silvanus, he he served with Thibault in the Balkans. He wanted triumphal decorations for his services there. So this is someone that Tiberius uh, favored very much. And so this is Tiberius's way of saying, look, let me stick you with a good family that's been loyal to me. They've proven their service to Rome. So in that sense, it's a good deal. But again, it doesn't really matter because the daughter doesn't have any say in it, nor does Claudius. But that is all I know about the family. Who was her grandmother? Oh, oh, oh. Was that the one that was best friends with Livia? Mm, Ergolania. Right. Remember the story how she was charged in court by Piso the Grumpy, mm-hmm. um, the 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 Calpurnius Piso who you know ended up leaving Rome because he was disgusted with how corrupted it had become. Right. He charged her in court with some kind of corruption, and uh, Livia told Tiberius to let her off. Handle it. And he did. Yeah, he just said, look, uh, let's shut this shit down. This isn't going anywhere. My mum said. (laughs) I got a letter from my mum, a note. And I think that was when Calpurnius Pisa just went. I'm out. Seriously? Fuck fuck you Yeah, fuck all you all. I'm out of here. Took his his tie off. Took his jacket off. His clip tie. I'm done. I'm yeah, done. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I can't. I just can't anymore. I can't even go through the motions. Just, Dudes, yeah. you're killing me here. Yeah. And he walked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the year 12 uh, CE, Augustus and Tiberius jointly decided they didn't want to risk Claudius being allowed to take part in the Games of Mars, which were being held at the time to celebrate Germanicus's consulship. Yay! Now it seems that it seems that they took this fairly seriously. Yes, uh, according yes. to Suetonius, they, you know, he would have been twenty two at this stage, and they they were trying to work out. All right, well, listen, it's time to shit or get off the pot with this kid. Um, what He's, are we What right. are we going to do? Because every decision um, has been like moment to moment. Let's just fucking pick a side. I'm Augustus, and I want a decision made by the family. Yeah. And and by the family, I mean me, right. basically. And it seems they were worried about how the family would be the butt of jokes yeah. if he was yeah. allowed to take a part in, in the games of Mars. And they finally decided, no, he, right. he can't take part. And this is basically it. Yes. This is, this is the final decision. Augustus obviously dies two years later. Tiberius, being uh, Tiberius, right. maintains yeah. Augustus's uh, policies right. and positions on things for his entire reign, um, yeah. whatever it is, uh, 14 but, to what, 37, 20 25 roughly year reign. Yeah. So he goes, well, listen, now Augustus decided you couldn't be part of anything and, and so I have to uphold that. So this is it. They yeah. decided no, never, never more uh, is he to be considered right. or, or, or to hold public office or to be part of the public 
representation yeah. of the family. That's it. You're right. done, son. You don't you don't have to the family doesn't have to tear itself apart having these conversations before a big event. It has been decided and and even even though I'm joking about it here, you're right. Uh this was a serious conversation between Augustus and Tiberius. They're like either let him go and start their career and and just ride with whatever laughter or criticism comes his way or fucking shut it down because I'm tired of the back and forth or whatever. But Augustus does have the heart to say, look, at the very least, pick, pick someone who Claudius can copy. And I do mean copy literally. I mean, someone who can teach him how to, to try to behave himself in public and conduct himself and speak and stuff like that. Get him a fucking role model, whatever it takes. So at least Augustus has the heart to say that. But as far as any chance that Claudius wants this, and you get to the sense that he does, because after all, he has been researching and writing and discussing history. He, he probably would like to be a part of it. It is a no-go for him. That part of his life has been closed down forever by Augustus himself. And with that, we close the first episode of season five of our Arabian Nights <coughs> series. Uh, we will be back next week, boys and girls, with more of the story of I, Claudius. Senators, senators, I understand you do not want another emperor. I feel dirty and not in a good way. I sympathize. Oh, I'm a pansy. I The obvious answer is it's payback time. Perhaps you would take a little moment to sympathize with me. I wouldn't say pansy.